All right, I'm gonna do it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do it wrong. I'm about to spit yeah. in this mic like <laughs> freestyle elfin, you know? Okay, okay. <clears throat> Wait, hold on. Does this make sense? <laughs> Nobody cares. All right, let's go. <clears throat> Finally, we. <laughs> You're not even gonna last. Hey. Victoria's pretty good, not bad festival, fountain, just back from France, Montreal. <laughs> what the f? It's the script. I couldn't even. What? Victoria's pretty good, not bad festival, fountain, just back from France. What are you even saying here? Oh, you're trying to say these are the things featured in this one. You should probably specify that, because even a f***ing elf couldn't understand that, okay? Think you can do better than an elf? At CITR, we want to have a variety of voices on the air. Want to write scripts? Do some voice acting? Broadcast your creativity? Volunteer with the CITR production department. No experience? We can also train you in everything required. Send an email to psas at citr.ca to learn more. And don't wait to get your voice on the air. <laughs> this month's issue of Discorder is purple. And you know, purple is the new green with envy. The October issue features interviews with Puzzlehead, Swim Team, High Plant, and Poxy Sun on their new and upcoming movies. We address the uncertainty of the Trans-Pacific Partnership for Artists and sit down with the organizers of Japanese Poets North of the 49th to discuss reconciliation through poetry. Thanks to this month's sponsors, Final Records, Recruiting Canada, the Rickshaw Theatre, French Festival, Zipcar, Jazz Records, the Astoria, the UBC AMS, Don't Argue, Redgate, Print Print, SFU Community Engagement, Live Van, the Vancouver Art Book Fair, the Rio Theatre, the Vancouver International Film Festival, Vancouver New Music, and Timber Concerts. Pick up a free physical copy of Discorder around town or read online at discorder.ca. And welcome to the real world with Dama and Dora on CITR 101.9 FM. Um, we would like to acknowledge that we are broadcasting live from unceded territory here on UBC campus. Um, the real world is the UBC Film Society show where we connect with the community and the campus through film. And today we're talking about David Fincher. David Fincher. Woo-hoo. We're super excited about this, and we actually have. Uh, an avid David Fincher fan with us today. You may remember him from last week. Introduce yourself. Hello, this is Dom again. Hello. He really likes David Fincher. And also... Michael. 
again from last week. So if you remember them and you loved them, so did we, so they're back. Magical. Um, well, isn't that nice? <laughs> yes, we are very nice. <laughs> I thought we were just forcing ourselves upon you. Oh, no, no, no. no we're no, so no. grateful. You were invited back. That's the story we're giving the audience. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about David Fincher because he's directed like my favorite movie of all time, and he's just a great director to kind of talk about. So we're going to be doing that. Especially in time for Halloween. Like, he's kind of... Yeah, kind of freaky, kind of freaky. Boom, segue of the century. I am so excited for Halloween. Um, let's talk a little bit about who we're dressing up as. I can go first. Go. Um, I'm going to be Edna Krabappel from The Simpsons. Oh. oh. Yeah, it's going to be really freaking <laughs> sweet. I'm really excited. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. I'm dressing up as Steve Zissou from The Life Aquatic oh. with Steve Zissou. I'm super excited for it. Like, I've been preparing for this costume since last Halloween. Because last Halloween, I ended up just, like, randomly going to Victoria, of all places. There's nothing to do in Victoria on Halloween. Victoria, like, on the island? Yeah, yeah. But then I had this friend that was super excited. She's like, we should go to Victoria for Halloween. And I didn't, like, have friends. So I'm like, yeah, l- let's do it. Like, I'll make a new friend in Victoria. And then... We just, like, did nothing the whole night. Then we wanted to just get back to Vancouver as soon as we could. But none of us wanted to tell the other that we were just really bored and didn't want to go back to and didn't want to stay in Victoria. So we ended up just, like, staying until at one point I was like, can we please just go back? Like, when does the last That's ferry so leave? That's so unfortunate. And she's like, oh, my God, I've been thinking this this <laughs> whole time. And I'm like, why didn't we tell each other this before? And we're like, I don't know. And then we checked the time and the last ferry had just left. So we, like, just missed it um are you doing anything more fun tonight or yes, on the weekend actually so tonight i'm <laughs> i'm just gonna be going to my friend justin's at westbrook and we're just gonna like play video games all day so anything for halloween or is that it's like- it's halloween we're gonna be dressing oh, okay. up and playing video games all day <laughs> might be, might be. it's like actually called the halloween party but we're just gonna be playing video games that's it's really gonna cute, be though. it's gonna be great because we're all gonna be dressing up and playing video games nice so it's gonna be fun gonna what be fun. about our lovely guests I'm the exact opposite. Halloween is not my thing. What? It's not my thing either. I, I like. I just have no desire to go out and buy a costume. No. So I'll probably like if I do, it's probably just gonna be like a cool hat and like a <laughs> that's jacket. That's so. Yeah, cool. that's very much like I. I have like very grand plans about Halloween. I'm like in my brain, it seems really fun, but in execution, I'm like I don't want to do this. Like, Guys. this is too much for me. No, like, I didn't actually. I didn't realize that I didn't actually finish explaining why that meant that means that I've been planning my costume since last year. So <laughs> I ended up. <laughs> Fun fact: Dama went to Victoria. No, no, no. So it was like completely out of nowhere. I ended up going to Victoria, so I didn't have time to do anything. And the whole point of the Steve Zissou costume is like, if anyone has seen The Life Aquatic, there's a fleet of people dressed the same way. It's a very fantastic film. Exactly. It's so good. My sister watched it for the first time this summer, and I was like, we're just, she had never seen it, and I was like, she was like, oh, I don't want to watch it, and I was like, we are going to sit down, we're going to do this, Mm -hmm. and she fell in love. It was so amazing. Yeah, but it's like, for the costume to be done right, like, it's cool to have someone else doing it, because otherwise you're just a person with a red beanie. Like, it doesn't really look like anything special. So I was like, I can't do it this year, even though I have the beanie and everything. Because I was planning for Halloween, and I was like, this is what I'm going to be. It's going to be awesome. And then I ended up doing this thing. So I was like a cow 
boy person it was really <laughs> annoying like i happened to have boots and a hat so i was like it works non-gender specific cow person yeah just cow <laughs> person um it was really upsetting because i love halloween like i up until i was way too old i trick-or-treated if i could i would still be trick-or-treating <laughs> i really really just love this thing and i wish that it was a holiday i remember at some point in when i lived in north carolina like it was a holiday so like like, like did you get off school for it like i didn't have school for oh, it wow. i don't know if it was an actual holiday or if i just didn't have school for it but it was like a monday and for some reason i didn't have school so i just got to prepare for halloween all day it was the best um but what are you gonna be dom slash what are you doing um do you guys know arrested development Yes. yes. Me and my girlfriend are being Tobias and Lindsay. <gasps> yes. Wait, are you being like blooming group Tobias or I'm, like straight I'm, out Tobias? I'm not going to have like full on blue, but like I'm going to like I have a bald cap, glasses, mustache. Nice. I am going to be wearing cutoffs. Good. Just cutoffs. Oh my God. And I'm going to like paint like the back of the bald cap and like down my neck blue. Like, that's so exciting. I'm so proud of you. That's so, that's so that's much dedication. That's the best idea. And my girlfriend's going to have the, the red shirt with just. <laughs> yes. Amazing. That's a great costume idea. Um, I'm just gonna plug a few events that I'm going to tonight. Do um, it. CITR, you know, like we we do music stuff. Um, I'm going to a So Loki show. Um, thank you to them for helping us curate our Discorder fundraiser. Um, it's a hip hop showcase happening November 18th. It's gonna be really really fun. Um, tickets are like ten bucks, so do it. There's a lot. Of, there's a really great lineup. Um, and then I'm going to Redgate, which it seems like everyone I've ever met is going to that tonight. Um, it's just like a bunch of cover bands. Um, and it's really cool. Everyone should go. So and you're dressing up for it, yes? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, it would be kind of embar sure. embarrassing if I didn't dress up. Yeah, it would just be inappropriate. Can, can I ask a random question? Did, did anyone here go to the uh, Chance Rapper concert, one of them? I was going to go on Tuesday, and then I had to go to Shindig. Which is which was worse? Ew! What? No, everyone to go to Shindiction. It was so much fun. <laughs> um, fun facts and jokes for beers. Ooh. Do it. I didn't go to the chance. Did no. you? I, I did. I was, what, did you? I no, I was just wondering if anyone, if anyone else went. Um, did you like it? Do you want to yeah, talk no, about it? Yeah, it? yeah, it was a great, great show. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just. I saw him last year, and he was so amazing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> are you actually a fan, or you just did you just? go because it's close by oh no i'm, I'm yeah i'm a big fan like did you like coloring book oh uh, yeah I, I actually i i didn't at first like i freaking hated coloring i book. like i was really excited for it because i loved acid rap and <laughs> so good when it came out i was kind of disappointed but like i've been listening to it more and more like getting ready for the concert and then like the concert itself also just kind of made me realize that it's it's a good album like i've, I've come to enjoy it much i more. think it's like pretty feel good for sure i wouldn't say it's like good like it's none, not, of, the, it's none of the it's definitely not acid rap and none of the songs were um i don't know i didn't really they didn't seem like very raw or anything like i didn't mm. really connect with any of it um and like i kind of see his like career as like 10 day was like pretty like there were some like soul whatever like stuff mm -hmm. in it but it was mainly like rap which was yeah. really cool and then acid rap was like the perfect balance between the rap and the soul and coloring book just like went way too much it was like gospel everywhere like overwhelming like uh, yeah it, it was it was gospel everywhere and everywhere that it wasn't was kind of taken over by his featuring artists yeah like, I, I feel like with Colorado, like, he, he had to like 
compromise more with Justin Bieber and Future and Little Wayne instead of just like doing his own thing yeah. with his people from Chicago who have to answer to him. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Yeah, I, I I was gonna go and then I didn't like coloring book enough and I wasn't gonna just drop. It, all it was this a good show. It, it, like it, it was a really good show. Yeah, um, I saw I saw him and I figured it'd be the same, or the same enough. But yeah, those are my thoughts on Chance. But let's bring it back to David Fincher. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like kind of messed up this week. I watched oh, no. most of Seven, and <laughs> I watched this movie. It was a short film. I watched it because it was a short film. And I was like, I have time for this. Um, that IMDb lied to me and said that David Fincher directed. It was called, like, Logorama or something. Mm-hmm. It was not directed by David Fincher. I just watched a really sure? bad short film. No, he is a voice in the movie. He did not direct it. And I am... I was just, like, very peeved with myself. Oh, no. Do you want to talk about it? It was bad. <laughs> it was really freaking okay. bad. What was it about? Um, Why was it so bad? I-, I will say both Seven and Logo, whatever, was, like, really bad. Um, I thought you liked Seven. I've n- I'd never seen it before. Oh, okay. Um, What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the box? Um, but no, so the logo one was the one that I watched all the way through. Um, and it was like, essentially the concept was like, we there's a world where like everything is a logo. Um, and like, you know, the puffy like Mr. Lube guy. <laughs> he like they, they're all the cops and like Ronald McDonald's a criminal and they're like driving around in cars and it was just like so, like it was really jamming it down your throat, like capitalism and consumerism and commercials are like evil and like <laughs> it was like, We get it, like thank you, like you could be that better sounds about really this. interesting. No, though. no, no. It really wasn't. Like and it was really sexist. Like, I understand um, having like raunchy jokes and like off-color dialogue, like to like, cause like that's how people kind of talk, you know. But like inserting scenes where like a child grabs a woman's breast and like says like something inappropriate, not not to for, like character develop or like be or like add anything to the story, just because like oh it's kind of normal like everyone talks like this like very much like locker room oh, talk that's kind of. so anime oh my <laughs> god it, it was really awful i really didn't like it um and then seven was so scary it was so bad and i again i was like i get it like the seven deadly sins like blah, blah, blah. i don't know it was seven is not scary I it's, okay, it's, creepy. it's creepy. Like no, like it can like, it can like get on like get on get to your nerves, which is exactly what Fincher does well. Like he can just make things just like kind of creep and crawl on you. Like uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, like okay, I've I've seen Seven before. I've seen it one time, and I was really excited for it because I'm like super into the Seven Deadly Sins for whatever reason. I, there's no particular reason. I just like think it's really cool that it's really a thing. Like sinning. Oh, I just love sinning. Um, so I was like really into like figuring out the whole lore behind it for a while. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch this and it's going to be great because, okay, at this point I didn't like Brad Pitt to be fair. Um, but then I watched Fight Club and then I <laughs> fell in love with him. But at this point I was like not into Brad Pitt. But I like, you know, it's it's a famous movie. It has like it's edgy. It has a seven in the title, in the, it's the actual number instead of a V. <laughs> it's that's what makes the so film seven edgy. <laughs> it's really edgy. Like I can get behind it. So I started watching it, and I was like, I don't know. I I was not 
scared. Like, I can see, like, why it was creepy, but it was like, oh, okay. And then, I don't know, I just felt like the whole concept of the seven deadly sins was not done well. Like, I was just, it was so predictable. What about the big fat guy who ate himself to death? Oh, I was like, okay, that was probably the highlight of the movie. I was like, okay, like, I can get behind this, but are they going to do anything else with it? No, they like, didn't do anything at all? No? So you didn't like it? No, I hate I, I hate seen it, so. It, I don't think it was very good. The I'm going to say it, the acting was, like, pretty weak. It was! It was really weak, and I, like, wanted to like what it. What about like, Kevin Spacey? Kevin Spacey is Okay, Kevin Spacey's a god, awesome. though. You can't yeah, really... Yeah, Spacey's he's, like, not even on this plane. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Spacey is just a great person. That Okay, let's talk about Kevin Spacey for a second, because this guy, this House guy... Of cards. I was and David, David Fincher. Fincher. Yeah. Okay. The, Wait. House of Cards is da- David Fincher. David Fincher. Yeah. A lot of the uh, first season, which is like my favorite season. Instrumental Ooh. in the creation of the U.S. television series House of Cards. Yeah. See. The more you know. I wanted to talk about House of Cards actually because I love Kevin Spacey and I love David Fincher in House of Cards and I'm I love House of Cards. House of Cards is so, fantastic. So like Kevin Spacey in general, like in American Beauty, in. Seven in House of Cards, like he's just so good at completely immersing himself in this character, and he always plays a character that you're never gonna like. How about Usual Suspects? Oh my God, Usual Suspects! You don't like them because they're like jerks, but you love them because they're awesome characters and they're Kevin Spacey. Exactly, like he does it so well. Like he makes it. He hits a perfect balance where, like, you're just really kind of disturbed by him. I'm talking about Seven specifically. You're, like, really disturbed. They're extremely complex characters. Oh, yeah. Okay, like, and I feel like he really gets it. So, like, he doesn't play off of, like, specific stereotypes. Like, oh, this is a crazy murderer that uses the Seven Deadly Sins to kill people. Like, he kind of digs into it. So that's one thing about Seven that I could really appreciate. Like, Kevin Spacey is awesome. So props to that. Like, great stuff. What about Morgan Freeman? He's, he's cool. I didn't think Morgan Freeman was. <laughs> he good was in that okay movie. in this movie. He was not super strong. Yeah. I would say. I, I don't think he was bad, but I don't think it was good either. I was like, whenever okay. he talks, I fall in love. <laughs> well, it's hard. It's hard Me to argue too. against that, isn't it? But yeah, I was just like unimpressed by Seven. And uh, to be fair, to be fair, I probably wouldn't have hated it if I didn't think that it was supposed to be really good. Because I just heard so many great things about it. I was like, I'm gonna love this. And then I didn't love it, so I was like... I, I can agree with that. It is, uh, it, it, it's it's hyped up to be, like, this phenomenal, amazing movie, but, like, I'd probably say it's Fincher's, one of Fincher's weakest. Yeah, like, it's okay. It's not a bad movie. It's just not a great movie, especially out of Fincher. So, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on it. But uh, we can probably use this to segue, like, Kevin Spacey straight into House of Cards, because I really wanted to talk about House of Cards. So, House of Cards isn't a movie. It's a Netflix series about politics. I almost was like, wait, it's not a movie? And then I was like, duh. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously. But it's as cinematic as a movie. That's why it it works. Like film is just as good as movie. Uh, uh, TV is just as good as film nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Especially because the stories, there's more time to develop them. Yeah, yeah. develop characters. And all Netflix that. and, and really HBO, like they like I was definitely say, up the game. Netflix is ridiculously good at making TV shows. Like they're not so good at bringing back TV shows that have existed in the past and then like making them again. What you didn't like Fuller House? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> But they're really good at making their own stuff. 
I have a theory about this, and I think it can be applied to HBO as well. Like, okay, let's go. Um, because well, but specifically on Netflix, like it's more like they're making a movie than they're making a television show. Like, it they are like kind of worried about like continuing it, continuing it, and perpetuating it into like the as many seasons as possible. But each season is like a very kind of succinct, and like you can see the arc and the development is. Um, pretty fantastic. Yeah, pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it's partially because they like have the money, um, and they like aren't as constrained by like consumer opinion. Um, there's kind of like, oh, this is for adults. Like, we don't need to make it so that everyone in the world can like it because there are so many other options for people. To, like, people are going to be using the service anyway. So many other people can. There's so many other options for people to view on this channel or like in this network. So they'll produce stuff that is they can put the time and the money into that's like critically good it's also their whole production um the way they do things is totally different because they don't have the basically the the um network system of make a pilot get the pilot accepted move on and make the rest of the show while it's being aired they make it all at once like a film and then release it all at once like a film which I think is awesome. Like, that's... So you could binge watch it in a couple nights. Oh, yes. That is so much of what I did with House of Cards. Downfall of a college student. Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> I made it through Daredevil, the first season of Daredevil, in one night. Like, oh, my God. I still haven't watched Daredevil. I've been told to watch Daredevil so many times, and I'm going to. First season's good. I love Daredevil, like, as a character, and I've been told that this series is amazing. So I'm, I'm going to go into it eventually. But House of Cards, though, we were talking about House of Cards <laughs> and David Fincher. That's what this is about today. So I don't know how budgeting works. So <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Hear me out. This makes this makes sense. This makes sense. So I don't know how much like a regular movie gets in terms of budget. I don't know how much Netflix gets as a budget. But House of Cards. Like, the way it looks is a high-budget production. This is made like a movie. Just all of the shots are made beautifully. All of the acting is so completely on point. And I just realized that I haven't actually finished explaining what House of Cards is. So it's this Netflix show about politics, and you're following um, Frank Underwood, who's Kevin Spacey's character, amazingly acted out by Kevin Spacey. So magical. Frank is a very hated and hateable politician. He's the classic, so corrupt, only out for power, will do anything to win politician. And Kevin Spacey just makes you feel it so much. And the whole point of the series is that you're following Frank Underwood as he basically tries to go for world domination is what I like to think of it as. Sure, like, he's constraining it to the U.S. for now, but his ultimate goal is world domination. And you just watch this character, like, go into it and just destroy everything. And it's fantastic. Thoughts? Here's uh, here's why it's so much like a film. Netflix gave it $100 million for 26 episodes. Oh, my God. That's insane. I'm so glad we have a fact checker here. <laughs> this is really good. <laughs> um, on that high note, we're going to play a couple tunes and some community messages. Um, we're going to be playing Hungry by White Lung off their album Paradise and Yin Yang um, by Nancy Pants off their album Volume 2070P. Ooh. So 
tune in after that. Discorder, that free magazine from CITR, has been documenting the best in music, arts, and culture since 1983. Let's see what one man of prestige has to say about Discorder. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Dogg, and I fucks with Discorder magazine. How about that? <laughs> Smoke every day. Pick up a copy around Vancouver or f*** with Discorder online at discorder.ca. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theater, visit their website at www.riotheater.ca.
Hey, and welcome back to The Real World with Dama and Dora on CITR 101.9 FM. Today we're talking about David Fincher, um, and we are joined by Dom and Michael. And we're actually going to talk about David Fincher now. Yeah, so <laughs> during the first half, we went off, talk, uh, off topic a bit, but basically we talked about House of Cards, which David Fincher had uh, a big part in, specifically the first season. Great Netflix TV show, fantastically shot, and in general, great movie thing for you to be involved in um but now we're gonna be talking about some of the movies that dom and michael watched so handing it over to them for a bit right. <laughs> um well let's say i think because i watched i watched a bunch um i figure i'll go with social network since you want to talk about fight club sure we can do that um social network for those who don't know it's um the movie about the creation of facebook um by not Jesse Eisenberg. He's the one who plays. <laughs> What's his name? David Fincher. Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> David Fincher. Jesse Eisenberg created really? Facebook. Jack of all trades. Yeah, uh, Social Network it came out in 2010, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Should have won Best Picture at the Oscars, not the King's. Who ended up winning? The King's. Okay. Speech. Yeah, that was not a. And and the director for that won Best Director as well. Fincher didn't even win Best Director. Hmm. Shame. Hmm. Shameful. Um. Embarrassing, I would say, of the Academy. I I gotta step in here. You guys (laughs) going a little too hard on the King's Speech. It was, it was fine. I haven't seen King's Speech. Like I heard it was good, but it wasn't the Social Network. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Oh boy, Michael looks hurt. I'm so sorry. Um, I mean, there's not much to say about it. It's just beautifully shot, beautifully edited movie, and that's that's really the strength of Fincher's ability. Oh yeah. Um. I was actually just thinking, like, during the break, um, I think probably one of the remarkable things about Fincher is you guys were talking about Seven and the acting in Seven. How, yeah. how like, that was really the main thing you guys seemed to be saying was that you had you didn't really like the acting that much. Outside. Except Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, yeah. Um, the thing I love about Fincher is a lot of times it doesn't even seem like Fincher needs good actors. Okay. So much of... Fincher tells so much story and gets across so much emotion and character development in the way he shoots things. I, th- I actually I watched a video on this recently, I think last week. There's this YouTube channel, Every Frame a Painting, okay. where like they talk about d- directors and film concepts and stuff and just about like why they work. It, it's interesting. You should check it out. And they did one on Fincher. An example they used was from Seven, actually, where it's just like three people talking in a room, uh, Morgan Freeman... Brad Pitt and the, like, chief. I don't know who played him. Yeah, yeah, um, But it, it just showed how, like, none of the actors moved in the whole scene. They all stood in, or stood and sat in one place. But just by the way that Fincher angled the camera in relation to everyone else, you got so much character development and, like, so much of a relationship built between these characters off of very little dialogue said and really just through the shots and the blocking and the angles, which is what I think uh, Fincher does really well. He does simplicity. Uh, he gets so much complexity out of simplicity. Yeah, yeah. I can I can definitely see that. Like, of the Fincher movies I've watched, the only one that I've watched and rewatched and rewatched is Fight Club, and I can see him doing that in Fight Club. So mm-hmm. I can, like, yeah, that's a Fincher thing. I can definitely... It, it's simplicity, like, gray simplicity to show 
like a rainbow of emotions and character mm-hmm. development. I don't know if I agree with the word simplicity there because it is like very complex. There's a lot happening, um, and like his method is like, like not simple at all. Like he is like doing it with like just the lighting and just the blocking, which is like pretty complicated i think the what dom means by simplicity is like the the actors like the actors aren't super like oh i'm making a really exaggerated angry face or like oh i'm making an exaggerated sad face yeah they don't have to do more than like be there and then everything is done with the lighting so yeah the actual process isn't simple at all but what the characters are doing and what you see on screen is actually really simple I don't know. I I would also disagree with what you see on screen because there is a lot happening on screen and it is like changing a lot. Um, what I think is like the I'm not a huge David Fincher fan. <laughs> um, I like really don't like his style, um, and I think that's because there is like a lot happening, um, and it is like really dependent on lighting. And I just don't. I really don't like like high contrast movies. Like I, <laughs> it stresses me out. Um, but like when the actor he did his job. <laughs> it's supposed out. to stress yeah, you out. Um, but when the actors do like literally anything more than like what they're expect than like what's expected of them, it's just looks like sloppy and weird. Like, and like it it they take it to a like un, in my opinion like an unattractive level. Are you thinking of any movie specifically? I mean, Seven Fight Club. No! <laughs> Um, have, have you seen the social network though? Yeah, I have. The social network, the I would say no, because this is, I didn't Jesse even. Jesse Eisenberg was he was he was good in that. Oh, I thought I'm he was not, fantastic in that. I'm not saying anything against the the acting in these films. They are like Ed Norton's a great actor. Jesse Eisenberg's a great actor. Ed Norton. But um, I just I I just just the point that like Fincher can have even maybe no actors and still can get across. Yeah, I think that the social network is like pretty different from all of his other films though it's a little softer in my opinion it's definitely yeah it's not there's no like the tension is based on the fact that it's in like depositions and stuff yeah like that's not a not like gone girl that movie Which makes is... me never want to get married <laughs> so. oh it's boy it's so intense and like i maybe that it's probably just my like what i like in movies um but like i don't find it interesting to just be like su- like in suspense and stressed out like i've I just don't enjoy that, and I really enjoyed the Social Network. I thought it was really good because it's more h- human. I think. Okay. I like I like being stressed out because yeah, then I at think... the end it's either like I walk out like really surprised and being like oh my goodness, or, or like thank goodness that it all worked out in the end. Oh, a... I've never been satisfied. <laughs> well, like like talking about like stress, like one of my favorite movies of the last few years was Whiplash. Oh, um, that movie was my so God. That movie stresses me out so much the, the whole entire time. time i'm just tense like I, I i stand by the the saying that like anybody who watches that movie will never want to study music like <laughs> it seems so it's so stressful but what i think is so stressful that about that movie is like the character and like their experience yeah, like yeah, that yeah. is actually stressful whereas like david fincher movies are just like the it's so like the lighting and everything like the blocking is like so dramatic and like that stresses me out i've like fine i thought Wimplash was amazing i thought that was like really 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 fantastic but i don't know david fincher's i just don't like him which it's just my opinion <laughs> yeah that's totally fair you can you can have that opinion thanks Noah. <laughs> you're welcome you have her permission <laughs> yes that's all you it's needed, all I needed. <laughs> um so michael what did you watch watched uh gone girl okay let's talk about gone girl, gone girl. Freaky. Yeah, scared scares me. But 
Oh yeah. It's pretty. It's about a husband who, uh, her, his wife goes missing, and then it's like a really like publicly public thing, and then everyone thinks that he murdered her, and. Yeah, it's really scary. And yeah, like, no spoilers, but some freaky stuff ends up happening. Yeah, it, it'll surprise you. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good depiction of how Fincher can really freak you out. Like, I don't know, pretty early on in the movie, like, she disappears. And then I'm thinking, like, oh, but I don't know if it's him or not. And it's like, I'm one of those people that tries to figure out how the movie's going to end, like, as soon as something happens. So I'm like... I just, I don't know, and it could be this way, it could be the other way, and then you have, like, stuff building up yep. and just freakiness everywhere. What I like about it is that it's, like, uh, it flips back and forth between, like, showing, like, Ben Affleck's character in, like, present day, mm-hmm. and then also going, like, between her her diary, and oh, so, yeah. and Ben Affleck's really cold, and then hearing everything that was, like, written in her diary and stuff, yeah. and that, that definitely builds up a lot of tension. Yeah, there. yeah, exactly, like, you kind and of you get these... Know. Yeah, you, you get these two different realities, you and you don't know which one to believe in. And I think that's, like, it's so well done. It's so, so, so incredible, the way that he does that. And I'm going to be honest, I don't like Ben Affleck. I don't like him at all. But in this movie, <laughs> I could really appreciate him. I think it's a typical Ben a t- Affleck. I feel like it's a typical Ben Affleck thing, though, because he was really cold in it. And I just feel like all the movies he's in, he's just Good kind of a cold hunting, person. he's so sweet. Okay, that's that's the night. What about his Batman? Oh my god, can we not? He's very that. warm. Can we not? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Ben Affleck is kind of a joke, which is bad. I shouldn't. But I, I just I think of him as a joke. So I was like, Did you oh hate my Argo? god. I hated Argo. I for liked Argo. Represented. I liked Argo. I thought Argo was okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't think that Ben Affleck was good in Fargo. Uh, Fargo. <laughs> okay, that's a good. Ben one. Affleck was in Fargo. Argo, Argo, Argo. Little known fact about Ben Affleck's filmography. He was the wood chipper. <laughs> oh my god! You never knew. Yeah, I didn't think he was great in Argo, but I liked Argo, so I was like, whatever. I can get behind it. It's okay. Um, um we're gonna play a couple songs now. Sure. Um, we're gonna be playing Collector's Plate el- Eligible by Slim Fathers and then Leisure Life by Peeling. Okay, thank you.
reporting live at the Westbrook Community Centre. There's been sightings of unidentified creatures. Oh, there's a person over there. Let's go see if she's okay. Please help. There was blood and, and gremlins eating guts everywhere. Come to the Westbrook Community Centre Haunted House from 4 to 7 on October 31st. And we're back on air with The Real World on CITR 1.9. We're just finishing up our convo on David Fincher. And to finish up this convo, we're going to talk about Fight Club uh, very quickly. My favorite, favorite David Fincher movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. Same. Yeah. Okay. So Fight Club is about a narrator who goes unnamed for a long time. And he's just this, like, super consumer dude that lives a really boring life and then like gets insomnia because he's not doing anything with his life and the only way that he can fix it is by going to these like group therapy sessions for people that have like really bad diseases that he doesn't have so he goes to like a testicular cancer meeting and like brain parasites meeting and then he just kind of like, the only way that he gets any happiness in life is by crying in front of these people that are really sick and having them listen to his problems and stuff. Um, so, which is really freaky in itself. Like, this guy is kind of strange. And then uh, in one of his business trips, he meets this guy, Tyler Durden, who just revolutionizes his life, sells soap. Yeah. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> and it's I'm Brad, sorry. It's Brad Pitt. It's Brad Pitt. Back when he was young and like kind of scary, like heroin addict looking. But also so oh, sexy. Uh, <laughs> Never forget how sexy he was. Um, I watched Even when Selma. He's covered in blood. I know it's crazy. I watched Even Selma. When he's crushing Jared Leto's skull. <laughs> oh my god. I watched That's Ed Norton though. I watched um, Thelma and Louise this weekend, and Again? I was like, ba boom, like Brad, get out. It was so fun. <laughs> Brad is so good. Um. But yeah, so Tyler Durden, like, brings life into this narrator's life. The narrator is Edward Norton, and he's a god, as always. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Ed. (laughs) Oh, Ed. My god. And yeah, Fight Club, uh, there's ridiculous twists that I'm not going to go into because they're awesome. And it's just, like, such a... I think it's such a great movie because the whole first part, you would never guess what would be happening in the second part of the movie. So the first part, you're just like being bored by this character's life. And then things go crazy. And there's a fight club, spoiler, and they just fight. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but yeah, Dom, did you want to say anything about Fight Club? Um, I, I can't think of anything <laughs> more, really. I, like, I, I love the movie. It's, it's incredible. Like It's shot so well and cut together so well like mm-hmm. it's, it's the editing's very quick and it it creates a really kind of like surreal feeling that's what the whole movie really yeah. feels it's, very it's about like being strange and freaky and surreal which i think is one of the things that i really really love about this movie um also soap <laughs> like soap can be really deadly and that's and meatloaf oh. is in it oh right meatloaf is in it i'm he's actually really funny at first and then it's strange because he becomes an important character. Um, anyway, I think we're just about running out of time. So, I mean, do you have anything you want to say, Dora? Um, Fight Club's dope. I remember the first time I watched it, I think I was like 16 because I like had, it was one of those movies you like hear about, you know, and you're like, oh, like this is like a good movie. Um, and I watched it and I don't think I was prepared because like 
my most of my movie watching experiences were like what my mom told me to watch and she like <laughs> she like fight clubs are not her jam um and so i was like there are different movies like than what i've been experiencing is like definitely like weirdly jarring but like really good How? and i oh no. i i wanted to read because i was dating this guy at the time who like really prided on himself on prided himself on reading the book before watching the movie so i was like i'll read the book first um no <laughs> yeah the book was like oh, okay um but the movie was really spectacular okay, i think it's really important to separate the book from the movie because they're different stories yeah like you get the same end point out of both of them but there's different focuses the book focuses on the relationship with uh, martha is that her name yeah uh, marla there we go with marla uh the movie focuses on his relationship with tyler which is arguably more interesting i think they're both interesting in their own respect but i don't think that they should be coupled like oh which which one's better the book or the movie because they're totally different yeah. like they don't have the same point i like i like the random flashes of tyler durden in the film oh my Me god too. after you watch it the, like the first time and you get to the end you can't unsee it ever mm -hmm. i genuinely didn't notice it the first time and then the second time around i'm like <gasps> tyler durden tyler durden that was scary yeah it's yeah. yeah, it was one of my favorite aspects of the movie was just how, like, the flickers of them. Yeah, and every time that you watch it, uh, I've watched this movie over ten times, easily. Uh, every time that I watch it, I find something new in it. That's like a little Easter egg. Mm -hmm. So you just, like, every time that you go back, you can find a different reference that's made to something that's supposed to be happening. And it's, like... I just think it's so, like, satisfying to watch it every time because you can tell that this is a movie that was meant to be watched more than once. Yeah. Because every time you watch, you can just see a little something extra, and it's just, it's great. Uh, fun fact for anyone that hasn't, like, seen it yet or has seen it a few times and doesn't know about this specific tiny Easter egg because I think it's really great and blew my mind when I saw it. Uh, when the narrator is watching TV and the commercial for this, like, hotel comes up, Brad Pitt is in the commercial. Really? Look for it. Yeah, I see. I can't unsee it huh. ever again. You should look for Brad Pitt in the commercial, because it's just hilarious. It's great, and I think it adds a lot to the movie too, because it's like he's really like entering every part. Of yeah, this exactly. Life. Like, I don't think I could say it any better than that. Like, that's exactly the point, and it's just so well done. To like, if you go in and dissect it, you can see that like he's created this reality where the character is invading the other character's life which is awesome yeah it's really cool very highly recommend and like part of what i why i think david fincher is like pretty topical for the episode before halloween of all episodes is because like his movies i think yeah scary is like a weird word for them but like <laughs> they are definitely like they get you thinking and like in like a creepy way mm. yeah which is like I don't know. It's like a fun Halloween movie. It's a low, a low, low stakes one. <laughs> he's probably like of like cur people currently making films. He's probably the best like psychological thriller. Oh yeah. like, filmmaker. Hundo P. Today. Definitely. So I think that's a pretty good place to end this today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Dom and Michael, and yep. our beautiful audience. If we have anyone <laughs> yes. that listens our to live us, studio thank you audience. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. So yeah, thanks so much for joining us this week on The Real World. Uh, we'll hope to see you back next week. It's going to be a fun Tom Cruise episode. So get ready for that. Thanks for tuning in. And shout, shout out, out to, to Kirk, Kirk Douglas. Douglas. Woo. Now we're going to be playing Sad Face, Happy Face, Sad Face by Milkers Wanted. Enjoy.
I'm starting to regret it. 